And why did I go there? Because the, the grace of God um, was there. The bright neon sign was on. The hot now sign was lit up. And I was going to go in and, and get, uh, you know, just watch the glazed waterfall and just the beauty of the donuts coming down the conveyor belt. And, and I went in there, and I didn't see the conveyor belt moving. And I thought to myself, well, this is a little, um, this is a little different. So I went up to the register, and I ordered um, some hot nails. And can you believe that the person behind the register said, I'm sorry, we don't have any hot nails right now. I looked at the sign. I looked at her. I looked at the sign. said, I need to speak to your manager. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> and I got some donuts and things like that, but, but I felt that I was wronged. I, I felt like like I had been taken advantage of or something. I mean, it was such a tease. I don't know if they left the light on a little too long or what was happening, but I felt wronged. But I still enjoyed the donuts that I did get, so it was all fine. Bless you. Have you ever felt wronged before? Have you ever felt, uh, of course, that's a silly example, but um, there's, some, there's some serious uh, stuff in our lives where where we feel wronged. Maybe someone was unfaithful to us, or maybe we were lied to, or maybe we were stolen from, or whatever it may be. And feeling wronged can, can cause us uh, to have anger, uh, bitterness. It can have all sorts of emotions uh, going on through us when we're wronged. Well, Joseph had every reason in the books to feel wronged, didn't he? Because he was betrothed to Mary, to, to, to be married to her. And betrothal in the first century was, um, was more serious than what we would call an engagement today. Because you can get engaged to someone today and, you know, casually plan the wedding for two or three years down the road. But when you were betrothed to be married, it was kind of like a serious one-year commitment and then you were married. And, and he, was, he was betrothed to Mary. He was, um, was going to take her to be his wife. And uh, she was 12, 13, 14 years old at the time, which wasn't uncommon in the first century when, when she became um, pregnant with Jesus. And Joseph was several years older than her, most likely. But when he found out that Mary was with child, uh, you know, he, he felt wronged. Uh, he felt that Mary had been unfaithful to him. But I love what what he does. He doesn't want to um, drag her out into the public square and shame her. He doesn't want to do that. Uh, he rather, um, for her being unfaithful, he just wants to kind of dismiss her quietly and, and not make this big scene about it. And I was thinking about that this week and when we want to shame people and drag them out into the public square. And we may not have a public square today where everybody gathers, but but one place many of us do gather is on social media. And a lot of times that is a public square where we pull people and drag them into the center and shame them. And it makes me wonder and, and think about uh, how can we be more like Joseph and tell people that they're wrong um, and that what they did was wrong, but we don't have to continue, continuously throw them under the bus and to shame them. But just as Joseph was about to do this. Just as Joseph was about to make the decision uh, to get rid of 
uh, to, to get rid of his betrothal and to dismiss Mary. Just as this was about to happen, as we were reminded of in the children's play just a few moments ago, in verses 20 and 21, it says an angel, when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and, and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And when Joseph woke up, he believed the dream. He believed, he trusted. What a message that this angel had for Joseph. This dream ends up changing everything for him. It changes his whole trajectory. He chooses to trust. And even when it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, uh, which it wouldn't make sense for a lot of us, even when it doesn't make sense, Joseph chooses to trust in God's plan. Trusting God is so important. And I wonder if we've ever had experiences where maybe it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but we just need to trust God because we feel like that's where God is leading us. And as Joseph wakes up from the dream, I have to think that he felt differently from within, that something within was more at peace. Philippians tells us in verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 7 in the New Testament, and then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds safe in Christ Jesus. Perhaps Mary and Joseph both experienced this peace that exceeds all understanding as they chose to believe and embrace the journey that was ahead. You know, in this Advent season, it's only a few days from Christmas, let's consider how trusting God can give us a sense of peace. Peace brings us a lot of thoughts. What are some thoughts that go through your mind when you hear the word peace? Maybe you think of somebody saying goodbye, peace out. Maybe you think of somebody in the midst of um, a hard time in life saying, I'm at peace with what's happening. Maybe you think of a piece of pie, spelled differently but sounds the same. Perhaps you think of tie-dye t-shirts from the 60s and 70s when you think of peace. Whatever it may be, the biblical meaning of peace is tranquility, it's harmony, it's exemption from the havoc of rage of war. And as we talk about peace, Let's be reminded of a couple things this morning. First is that God can give us peace. God can grant us peace, that peace that passes all understanding. I don't know, maybe there's been a time in your life where you have felt an inner peace within, even though you had every reason not to have an inner peace. We just saw how Joseph experienced a dream and the messenger, the angel from God, spoke to him. And Joseph must have had that peace from within. You know, as a pastor, I've had opportunities to, to sit with people in their last days, to sit with people in their last hours or last minutes of life. And as I've done that, I've, in many cases, seen a peace that passes all understanding in their demeanor. I've seen them be at peace. I've heard people tell me in the midst of those seasons of life that they are at peace, whether it's news of cancer or other harmful things to our health, our health and all sorts of different things. I've had countless people tell me, I can't explain it, but I just have a peace from God. I think about people who have lost their jobs or a loved one or, or for many just, uh, you know, other circumstances that would give them every reason to not be at peace, but yet I've seen 
people say, I'm at peace, even though I shouldn't be. Now, that peace comes from God. What is it that you might be going through today where you're seeking that peace, that peace like Joseph had, that peace that, that Mary had when, when she embraced the calling that God had on her life, even when it didn't make a whole lot of sense? Where do you need that peace from God? Pray for that peace today. Pray for that peace that passes all understanding. But not only does God give us peace, God wants us to, to share that peace, to go out and, and be people of peace, to be peacemakers in the world. Not only can we receive peace, but we can go out and be peacemakers in the world. One of, one of the things you hear this time of year often is peace on earth. We may see it lit up as we drive down the road. We may hear it on the radio. You can't go too far for too long in the Christmas season without hearing those three words, peace on earth. First Peter chapter 3, verse 11 says, they should shun evil and do good. Seek peace and chase after it. Not only seek peace, but chase after it. And part of what I know is that if there's going to be peace on earth, God is going to use us, the church, to be a part of making that happen that we would be agents of peace throughout our daily lives and strive to bring peace into our world. As the scripture gives us this imagery this morning, let's chase after peace. Could you imagine some of the evils in the world that would quickly diminish if everyone sought to live at peace with one another? God's desire is for us to live at peace with one another. And sometimes we, so much can weigh us down and we look at things that are happening in the world and in our lives, and we thought, am I, we can think, am I really making a difference? What well, reminds us of those famous words, let there be peace on earth, and let it start with me. May there be peace on earth, and let it start with me. Let it start with, with what I can control, because we can't control everyone in the world being peacemakers. We can't control everyone in our family to be peacemakers or our friends but we can decide to be a peacemaker. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Hebrews is reminding us, scripture reminds us, make every effort to live in peace with everyone. Now, that doesn't mean it always may happen, but, but we make every effort to live at peace with everyone. You know, this week, everybody has a schedule. Most weeks, we all have schedules, but this is Christmas week. I've chatted with a few people before the service. You know, what is your work schedule like this week? You know, what's going on? When are you off? When are you not off? Just, just kind of asking around, seeing what people's schedules are like, because sometimes they can be very hectic. Has anybody got plans this week? Has anybody got some things to do this week, whether it's work or grocery shopping or relaxing with family or maybe still some Christmas shopping left, or maybe some wrapping some presents, whatever it may be. What are you planning on this coming week? Proverbs chapter 12, verse 20 tells us, evil scheming distorts the schemer, but peace planning brings joy to the planner. Peace planning brings joy to the planner. I wonder if there's going to be any time in our schedules this week for some peace planning to be at peace with others, a reminder to make every effort to be at peace with others. So as we journey to Christmas Day, which is just now right, right in front of us, 
as we journey to Christmas Day, let's pray for peace in our own hearts, and let's pray to be people who make peace in the world. And may that peace begin with you and me. Let's pray. I invite you just to take a moment to reflect and to pray and to pray for God to give you peace in that place in your life where you earnestly desire it. Where do you need peace right now? And then pray to God that you will be a peacemaker in this world that there will be peace on earth in this Christmas season and that God will use you. So God, I pray that anyone here who is after your peace, who wants to experience peace in their hearts this Christmas season, that you would grant that to them. That where they are struggling, you would give peace. Where they're wrestling, you would give peace. Where they're angry, you would give peace. Where they're scared, you would give peace. Help us all to have that peace that passes all understanding. And Lord, help us to go from this place in this Christmas season to be peacemakers in the world. To make every effort to be at peace with your children. You've created every person in this world. Help us to seek to live at peace. And help the world to look more like the kingdom of God because of your church. Lord, this morning, we not only pray for that, but we take time to lift up other things we can be praying for. What other prayer requests do we have this morning?